Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Book the Pod! Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, and that means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, especially Overcast. Well, we have a fun one to talk about. Are the Caps, like, legit again? Are the Caps have the potential to get into the playoffs? This seemed like a team that was lost, didn't know where they were going, had zero direction, and now we're talking about a team that has is undefeated in the last week. Since Coach Stan and I talked last, they are 2-0, and oh, undefeated in a week. I mean, yes, it's Stanley only two games. Cup, here we come. That's right. We're coming, baby. But, uh, yeah, 2-0. and oh. I mean, I know it's 2-0. and oh, It's only two games. But still, 2-0 and oh against two very good teams in this league. So joining me, as always, to talk all about it, Coach Stan, what is going on, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm... Uh... I'm like Alex Ovechkin's getting eight goals in his last eight games. Good, I guess, is one way to put it. Eight goals in eight 
games. That was yeah, eight, what? Eight. That's what he did in the first half of the season was eight goals, and then he got eight in the last eight games. It, it was like eight in 40-something, and then he's got eight in the last eight games. Now, to be fair, it's only seven of those games he actually scored a goal. He got two in the game against New Jersey. But eight and eight is you know a very good sign. He's at set, uh, 16 total. He's third on the team, which right that – there, not Ovechkin being third on the team, but that 16 goals is third on the team. I feel like if you're a team that's really pushing for the playoffs and has a chance to win the cup, you got more than your third guy is not sitting at 16 goals on the season. Like your third highest goal scorer is probably, hopefully, at least in his 20s. I could be wrong about that. But he's behind Strom and Mantha, but he's still leading the team in points. He's got points in nine straight games. So it seems like he's woken up a bit. I think it was the, you know, the little, um, all-star break the week I in dubai of an opportunity the week in dubai a nice little vacation gave him a chance to relax although as any <laughs> as any parent knows going on vacation with your kids is not actually a vacation but no i mean he's playing better i think overall the team is playing better they did get a win over montreal which is you know they're a team that's also not uh, um struggling this season but new jersey is supposed to be a really good team they're on the outside of the playoffs looking in but if they had better goaltending and a defense that wasn't quite as inept, um, what was that last night? Then I think they'd be in a better spot than they are right now. That uh, that being in the standings, this win against New Jersey, though, I feel is is a huge momentum shift. That was a big win for the Caps. I mean, it's yeah. a four point game because they're chasing New Jersey for a playoff spot, and the ability to go and beat them pretty soundly. One, as fans, it makes you go, where where was that since October? Like, not every game you guys want to pull that off, but, like, what's happening? Like, why can't you go out and pull that off all the time? And then it shows you what this team is capable of. Like, I'm not expecting Connor McMichael to be scoring highlight real goals every game or even every week. But there's we got a lot of signs of what this team could be. And, and looking into the rest of this season – and next season, obviously, depending on the trade deadline and what moves they make in the summer, you know, there's there's reason for optimism when it comes to this team's future, at least immediate future. And, and this was a big game against the New Jersey Devils as well, because it is one of those elusive four point games, if you want to call it that, because it's two points for the Capitals, two points that the Devils will not be getting like. It didn't even go to OT, so that the Devils will be out those two points in the division, and they don't have many in the division games left in the season. If you look at March and April, there's only a handful. So these these games against anybody in the Metro mean a little bit more, even though there isn't a rivalry between the Capitals and the Devils, but these, these in-division games against a team like the Devils, they do mean a little bit more right now in February and March because – like we said last week, there were at the point last week, there were 30 games left in the season. They're going to have to win 20 of them. And uh, if they're going to win games like that against a divisional opponent that potentially could help keep you out of the playoffs, this, this is a, an even bigger game than just two points. I think any team that you're chasing, because right now looking at the standings, let's do um, wild card. So they are presently... I have to do math here, everybody. They are <laughs> seven points out. No, I'm sorry. That's not right. Seven points out of one of the top three spots in the Metro. But in terms of the playoffs, 
they are six points out. So they're six points behind Detroit, having played one less game than the Red Wings. They're now only two points behind the Devils. So that was a big four-point game, but games against you know the Islanders, who they are two points behind, games against Detroit or Tampa Bay, who they're about to face. Like These are really big games because not only does a loss mean you're not gaining points on them, but that you're also giving the team that you're chasing points. So these are four-point games. It's not At this point, it's not just divisional. It's anyone that's ahead of you in either the Metro or the uh, the Atlantic. You need to win all those games or at least keep them from getting both points. Like if you get, I mean, getting to overtime and getting a win is not great, but you need to prevent them from getting points as best you can. And that means the game against Tampa, like Florida, yeah, you need all the points you can get, but the Panthers are a machine right now. That's going to be a tough game. But the game in Tampa, that's an important game. Like they were talking about Caps this morning, how Tampa is maybe a couple of years behind the Caps in terms of just the aging veterans and how you know they might be needing to, to turn over to a new group. Like the Caps are kind of at. The Lightning are certainly ripe for for the picking a little bit right now in terms of being able to, to get some points from them. So, you know, they're only seven points up on the Caps. You need to take away points from them, points from the Red Wings, the Devils, and the Islanders. That's teams, in the, and you need to hold Pittsburgh because I don't know if they see the Pens again. Oh, no, they uh, see the, the, the Pens pen- twice. So you need to win both those games because they're right behind you. Yeah, they March, played- March 7th and April 4th is when you see the Penguins. Penguins have played one less game than the Caps, and they're only two points behind them. So the Caps, like, look at those games both as as must wins. Yeah, we're not going to see the Rangers. We're not going to see the Islanders anymore. Those games are done. Uh, the Devils, that was our last game against the Devils this year. Uh, got a couple games against the Flyers coming up in March. We see the Hurricanes, I believe, twice. Caps need to get as many points as they can. Like Their future is not necessarily in their hands. But they can certainly make things very interesting and put themselves in a good spot by winning those divisional games or winning those four-point games against teams that are ahead of you, immediately ahead of you, in the standings. I mean, that to say they have to win them all that remain, it's I mean, it's unlikely, un, <laughs> unheard of almost. But you need to win a whole lot of them. And any of the ones that are against teams immediately in front of you, th- those you have to – you can't go into overtime. You have to win those games. But this is also – if you want to think about it, like, yes, these – win as many games as you can. Like, we always want two points. You know, that's always good. But uh, at the same time, do you remember back in, like, 2017, the year before they won the Cup, and it was that this team had a playoff spot like – January one, like something crazy. It was, they were just, they ran away with the league uh, in the regular season and they played meaningless hockey from February, March, April. And and it meant absolutely nothing. And then they got to the playoffs and they almost got beaten round one. I I remember that happening where like this team was supposed to win the cup. It was that two year window. It was the second year of that two year window. They were supposed to win the cup that year. And then I, I don't know. I can't remember if they, didn't get out of the first round or didn't get out of the second round. Barely, like I think it was maybe the year they went against Toronto in the first and barely beat them, and then they lost in the second round, if, I, if my memory is correct. But that meaning, those months of meaningless hockey showed rust and showed that you know their heads weren't in the game. If they're already playing playoff hockey at the end of February and they, they play their butts off in March and they actually do get a wild card spot, this team you know could be dangerous. 
come playoff time because they had been playing playoff hockey for almost a month and a half. I think you're correct. I mean, I think once the playoffs start, anything can happen. We've seen eight seeds that have clawed their way into the playoffs, go on and win the whole thing. Like crazier things have happened. You know, the LA Kings won a couple of cups based on just just making it to the playoffs and just playing their best hockey at the right time of year. When you look at this Caps team's roster, you're going, mm, I don't know about that. But we kind of said the same thing at the beginning of 2018. Remember, we were talking about Trotz getting fired around Thanksgiving, and then they went on to win the Cup. So I think everything we've seen, all the things kind of working against them, just in terms of players' ages and injuries and the reality of how their season has gone, it's highly unlikely. But that doesn't mean it couldn't happen. Until they are mathematically eliminated, you know, it's certainly possible. There's nothing that makes you look back historically and go, nah, like it's not going to happen. It's never happened before because it has happened before. But they didn't do themselves any benefit by playing like crap throughout a large portion of the season up until recent, up essentially until the All-Star break. Like, they did themselves no favors. So, this situation that they're in is of their own doing. And their ability to get out of it and play their way into the playoffs, you know, it'd be a great thing. I think the trade deadline is going to be huge in terms of what they decide to do. I still think the best thing for them is to both buy and sell. Do you trade for, you know, basically they did with with Sandin. You know, say you trade, I don't know, Dowd for a second round pick or a first round pick, and then you flip that second or first round pick and a player for, you know, a, a winger or a center that's, you know, mid-20s that can score goals or set up goals or whatever. You know, that we know they want a goal-scoring winger. So that you've also, you, you know, you're selling and you're buying. I think this team could certainly do both of those things and reposition themselves to potentially be a really good team. The problem is we looked at trades like, you know what, Anthony Mantha isn't really working out. We're going to move him on. But now you trade him, you just lost your second highest goal scorer. So you're like, uh, someone needs to be replaced there that's going to put the puck in the net. You know, if you move on from a guy like Max Pacioretty, who hasn't played a ton with this team, but he's certainly contributing while he's been here, while he's been playing. So if you move on from him, who's filling in what he's been doing? Who's filling in for Nick Dowd? On the four, I mean, we know who's going to be at least for the next couple of games, but who's filling in for Nick Dowd on the fourth line as the shutdown line? Because let's say this team gets in the playoffs and it's, you know, game six, it's tied up, it's late in the third, and you have a defensive zone faceoff. If you're the Caps right now, you're throwing out there Nick Dowd. Who are you throwing out there if he's playing for, I don't know, Colorado or somebody? So this team certainly has some moves to make. If they think they could be a playoff team and you still trade Dowd, it's questionable in terms of the, what you're going to be able to do in those tight games. They're playing playoff hockey now if they want to make the playoffs. Like, they have to be going out there trying to win every single game. There's no nights off that they can take. Unless other teams also suck. Then you kind of have some flexibility. 
Well, we did see some uh, some really good hockey this past week. Connor McMichael had his first multi-goal game. He has looked really good. I mean, some highlight reel uh, goals this past week. We also saw TJ Oshie score his 300th career goal against Montreal. Congratulations to him. But uh, with the good comes the bad, and we did have some injuries uh, that happened this past week as well. Uh, Martin Fehavari is week-to-week with a lower body injury, and like you just brought up, Nick Dowd, he left the game against the Devils in the first period, did not return. He is not traveling to Florida with this team for the upcoming games. And the Caps recalled uh, uh, Dubay from Hershey, so uh, could you tell me a little bit about this this new guy coming up from the Hershey Bears and uh, the kind of impact he could have on this Capitals team? I mean, the best thing for this team would be if he can come up and score goals at the NHL level. He's 23 years old. He's a winger. He's born in France, which is kind of cool. They got a French guy on the team now. I didn't see in terms of when he moved over. It looks like he's got French and Canadian uh, background, so I don't know when he moved over to this side of the Atlantic, but he's only five, nine. So he's not exactly the biggest guy out there. And I don't know if that's five, nine with skates on, but I believe he's leading the bears in goals. He's second in the entirety. That is the AHL with 24 goals throughout 50 games. He's going to play on the wing. They're moving Protus over to center. So that could be interesting in terms of, you know, if Alexi Protus, who's played center before, if it turns out, you know, Hey, this could actually work out then maybe he fills in on the third or fourth line as their center going forward and, you know, if you put Protus on the third line and, and Scarpos on the fourth line, maybe Dubay is the guy that's like, hey, we had this guy all along. He was just hanging out up in Hershey. We needed a goal-scoring winger. Here he is. You know, if that works out, that's great because that saves them the trouble of being like, well, we don't have to part with someone to bring in a guy who can put the puck in the net. And then you can kind of look at other areas that you want to fix or other things you want to be able to take on or or maybe you can go out and, risk a little bit more to bring in a, a, a top line player. So I'm excited to see what he could bring to the table. I'm curious to see what's going to, if I'm Hershey, I'm a little bit like, Hey, that's our guy. We kind of need him. Give him back. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what he does with his team and how much, how many, I'm curious how many minutes he's going to get, but I want to see him getting some opportunities. I'd love to see him get a, a little bit of power of late time, just to kind of see how he can move the puck around and, what he could do, he's clearly shown that he can score goals in the AHL. And, you know, I'd love to see how he can do in the NHL because this will be a, you know, whenever you can find a guy that's already in the organization, it just saves you so much trouble of having to go find, you know, what are you giving up to bring someone in from the outside? If you can have one of your own dudes, he's got a fun name, let's do it. I mean, Scarbosa, he, he's come up when Yevgeny Kuznetsov took some time away. Uh, he's looked really good. But with this, with Nick Dowd out and with them bringing up uh, Dubay, what does that mean for Tom Wilson? Because Tom Wilson, it's not a demotion, but Tom Wilson is a top six guy who has been playing on the fourth line. And uh, while I I think Tom Wilson has looked good there, uh, I can't imagine that's where he even wants to be is on the fourth line kind of being kind of like a grinder and stuff like that. I'm sure he wants to be on the top line with Alex Ovechkin. So what do you think that means for Tom Wilson's game? The fact that he's on the fourth line and he just lost his center and nicked out. It's kind of like, this is a weird story, but like when I was in high school, I played soccer and we played against another school 
that one of their kids was like, I guess he was part of like the U.S. development program or something outside of his school playing. And my coach came up to me and was like, hey, you're going to mark this kid the whole game. Like wherever he goes, you're going. And I was like, you want to take me out of my my spot where I'm, you know, I play, I don't know if I was playing defense or midfield at the time, but it was like, you want me to just follow this dude around. But it, in a way, it was actually a compliment because it was like, look, you're good enough that we think you can stop this really good player from the other team. And so in a way, sort of somewhat similar, Tom Wilson's like being asked, hey, look, you're a really good player for us. And in the, in the NHL, we need you to step in and shut down some of these top line guys. Like the fourth line goes up against the other team's top line a lot of the time. Dowd's being out, asked to go out there and win defensive zone faceoffs against number one lines. And they're like, hey, Tom, you're really good defensively. We need you in this spot. I mean, I'm looking it up now, but I don't, I don't believe it's affecting his minutes per se in terms of he's still getting, you know, power play time. He's still getting out there. Against the Devils, he had 18 minutes. So why can't you sort it? He had the most time on ice actually by forwards. So it's not like it's hurting his minutes in terms of where he's playing and where he's at. So, you know, losing Dowd certainly doesn't help. I We don't know unless I missed something. I don't think we know what the lines were unless I missed the lines of practice today. But I, I would expect... I would think Scarbosa probably bumps down to the fourth line, and you see like Malinson Car- Carbosa. Ay ay ay. Uh, you see Malinson Scarbosa and Wilson, and then a third line of who would be on the left, like a Pacioretty. Who was on the third line the last game? Why can't I remember this off the top? Third line. It was Milano Scarbosa oh. Pacioretty. Maybe you leave that alone and you put Malinson Protus and Wilson, and then you just slide in Dubay on the left. With McMichael and Mantha, I mean, maybe how, not, how tall well, is Protus? Do we know he's a he's a tall uh, guy, he's right? Seven four, I believe. <laughs> oh, so that dude's six six. Could you imagine Protus, Tom Wilson, and then five nine Dubay Dubay on one line? Like that is, it, you know what it would be like? It's like Mighty Ducks. Uh, was it Mighty the Ducks? Bash two, brothers, the Bash right? Brothers and the little dude, like the figure skater, and he was like Bash Brother number three. Like that's what that would be. So that I kind of want to see that now. No, no, I don't No, my, if I'm, cause part of the issue is I don't like, if I'm coaching, I'm looking at going, I don't want to mess with the lines too much because things are working and I don't want to like be mixing people around too much. Cause I can mess with the, what's gelled. You're going to have to, because you're putting Protus in the center spot. So you just drop Protus to the fourth line, taking those defensive zone faceoffs. The only thing I think is maybe you move Protus to the third line. You bump Scarbosa back. And you put Dubay on the second line. So you have Ovechkin, Strom, Oshie as your first line. Dubay, McMichael, Mantha. Milano, Protus, Pacioretty, which I like that too. Can we put Milano, McMichael, and Mantha on the same line? It's just a three M's. Like, that's just easy for me. Anyways, so you have Milano, Protus, and Pacioretty. And then you would have Malinston, Scarbosa, and Wilson. I could see that as well. And it's like, it's not messing with it too much. The other option is just Protus goes to the fourth line. And Dubay goes to the second line, and your first line, your third line stay the same. So I could see either one of those scenarios happening in their next game. But I, you know, we'll see what happens. I say that a lot, I've realized on this podcast. We'll see what happens. But, but we're you not, know, we're losing. Not, we're not professionals here. We're podcasters. No, not at all. I mean, 
losing down when you're trying to make this push and you got a lot of really tough games against good teams that you need to jump over like you have look tampa i know i'm cutting into your thing at the end of the show but tampa florida ottawa and then detroit three of those four teams i believe unless i miss where ottawa is in the standings never mind they suck but three of those teams you're (laughs) you're chasing in the race to get to the playoffs so, like, this is not a time to lose your defensive zone faceoff guy to an injury. And you're probably best skating defenseman. So, if you're the captain, you're like, oh, come on. This is not getting easier. And, like, injuries, yes, have played a part for the team this season and kind of where they're at, but not enough that they'd be that much higher up in terms of where they're at now. But I think losing Dowd is not great. I think Wilson's going to be fine because you, kind of pl- you can plug him in almost anywhere, I feel like, and he'll be all right. And then I'm real curious to see what Dubé can do. I'm excited about this one. I've been waiting for him and Ethan Frank. I'm excited to see what he can do as well. But let's stick with Nick Dowd a little bit. He He's the guy, like you said, he's been the guy that everyone's talking about being traded or trade bait. Or He was hurt early in the year. He missed a lot of time at the beginning of the year. He's hurt again here. Does this make his trade value go down? And will he even be eligible to be traded if he's you know on ltir or something like that this friday will be two weeks away from the deadline the doubt is day-to-day so it sounds like he's not gonna play he's probably gonna go on ir because the caps are over 23 skaters at the moment i think they're over 23 so it sounds like he's not gonna play against tampa florida my guess he doesn't play in the next four games he's probably back against the flyers on the first of march if not arizona so arizona would be a good game to come back on if he yeah if he's if he's not back by then then the caps have a problem in terms of if they want to move on from him not doing so isn't necessarily the worst thing it's not like unless i'm wrong he's not scheduled to be yeah he's still got another year in his contract so it's not like they're going to lose him for nothing in the in the summer so, you know, if you if you don't trade him, it's not the end of the world unless you would have gotten like a first round pick and a good player for him, which I don't I don't think they would have gotten both necessarily. Um, but I still think he's he's a good option for other teams. I think some teams might be a little wary right now, but I think if it's an injury that like if he took, you know, kind of a, I think injuries that are more muscular. I think teams will be more hesitant. to maybe trade for as opposed to a trade that, I mean, an injury that, like, dude took the puck off his arm and, like, it's bruised or something. Like, that to me is a bit different where it's, like, a freak injury versus something you're like, hmm, this guy clearly has, like, back problems or something. So, we'll, you know, I don't know if that's really going to impact him just yet, but it also depends on, like, when he comes back. Favar is the, the one I'm a little more concerned about in terms of injury because he's out, looks like, week to week. Carberry said it's only, you know, one or two weeks at most. We'll see if that's the case, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's not back until after the trade deadline. And no, no call-ups on defensemen with Fahavari out of there. So well, it they looks had like, eight on the roster. Yeah. It looks like they're going to be happy with giving Ethan bear a little bit more time. And, you know, remember this guy, Alex Alexiev, remember him? Like, I, th- I think he's still employed by he's, the, the capitals. He's up. He's so that's a guy. I wouldn't be shocked if they were like, if they found a winger, that they really wanted. If they're like, hey, here's a first round pick in Alexiev or a second round pick in Alexiev or something like that. 
to bring not their own first round pick, but if, like acquired another one right. that they would move him and Alexiev to like. I'm not saying I like this idea. I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen if they could get like a 25, 26 year old goal scoring winger. Like that wouldn't shock me. I'm like, well, it didn't work out here, but he's getting another opportunity somewhere else. But they got insert player name here to come in and play on the second line as a goal scoring winger. Well, anything else we should talk about here in Caps World? I mean, have you been seeing this stuff? What's going on with the Potomac Yard plan? I have seen nonstop ads during Capitals games for why Potomac Yard is the place to be with the Leonces family are, selling it. They are hardcore trying to like gaslight everybody into why this is a good idea. Yes, yes, they are. In it's just, it's not, everything is right now going the wrong direction for Ted Leonsis. Like, this just sucks. So, let's see. What do we got? And I, full disclosure, I don't know if I'm going to use a lot of these terminology. A lot of the terminology I'm going to say, I don't know if I'm using it correctly. Um, I don't really understand all the political aspects of what's going on. I'm just reporting what I've been reading. So, first, we have the Virginia Senate Finance and Appropriations Chairwoman, L. Louise Lucas, who has come out and been like deals dead as far as I can see in terms of like money being given. And I, I, that might be almost verbatim what she said in terms of like money being given from the state towards monumental for like construction costs. So I saw a thing with like Zach Leonsis who, who had this video and he's like, we're planning on spending this much and the state of Virginia is going to spend this much, but really the state of Virginia is letting us borrow this money for construction costs. We're going to pay it back over time. And it's like, yeah, but you're still you're still using that money, which should be going towards like roads and education and paying people better wages and things like that. So the the uh, uh, chairwoman Lucas is like, nah. So I guess the bill to like give them more money, she just took it completely off one of the that part of it. She just took it out from what they were talking about and took it off as like a standalone bill, took that out of the budget plan. And then looks like there may not be money set aside for both Metro improvements, which would be like drastically needed to make this work. And then for the monumental campus or whatever they're going to call it. And then the labor unions, which of course, you know, in politics is a big deal. The labor, which it should be the labor unions came out. And we're like, yeah, we don't love this idea either. Which both apparently Monumental and Virginia Governor uh, Glenn Duncan were like, we've been talking to you. And they're like, not really. We're like, you've been a part of it. We're like, I mean, you guys have like, I would say we're a part of it. Like, kind of, we've had some conversations, but nothing really. Like, you were about ready to sign off. We're like, no, we weren't. So I don't know who's lying. I don't care. Part of me is that wouldn't be shocked if it was, you know, they tried to rush it through a uh, monumental and, and Glenn Youngkin were trying to like rush this thing through and like, this is going to be great for Virginia and try and be like, let's get behind it. And then everyone looks at the fine print. We're like, no, not buying it. You guys are full of it. Like, this is not what we signed on for. So basically local Democrats have said, they're not going to vote on any deals to give money towards this project. If the labor unions aren't on board and the labor unions, the thing is, my understanding is labor unions are actually more concerned about a hotel that's going to be built next to the stadium than the stadium itself. 
because they don't know if the hotels will be privately owned, which won't allow uh, employees to be unionized. And it's like a whole thing. So this project right now is in a bit of trouble. And the awkward part is if it ends up falling apart, like it did on the commander's prior Redskins years ago, where's the answers going to go? Like, does he just stick with Verizon or uh, Capital One, uh, MCI, whatever we're going to call this building in the next couple of years? Although Capital One's apparently buying Discover, so who knows? Maybe they got money to spend. But are they just going to stay there for a bit longer and try something else in Virginia? Is he going to be like, you know what? Let's try this again in D.C. We'll find something else. Are they going to try and go to Maryland? Trying to build anything in Montgomery County is impossible. Not to mention we don't need more traffic in this county. I also don't know where you would do it. It would be pretty... You couldn't do it near the city. Like, they're like, oh, we're only four and a half miles, this monumental campus plan. It's only four and a half miles from Verizon. Uh, dang, I did it again. Capital One Arena. You're not getting four and a half miles in Montgomery County away from D.C. Just We got too much other crap in, in this county right now. But my guess, what I wanted to have happen is to have Leontes by the Nats. And then they would have some sort of, like, campus thing down there by Nats Park. And, like, that made sense to me. He would have the baseball team. He would have his hockey and basketball. He would have his, you know, venue for outdoor music or whatever and all the other buildings. And, like, it could have worked, I think. I don't know if he would have had the same level of space, but, like, that could have worked. But then he didn't want to buy the team because of the whole Masson thing. And then now the learners are like, you know what? The team's not for sale anymore. So that whole thing that I had in my head just completely imploded. This Potomac Yard thing is just nuts. Like, this is not, like you said, this is not the first time a press conference has been held a a, uh, a a graph of like what it's going to look like has been put out there and then it just falls apart completely like this area is is very much a an area that everybody wants but nobody can get the virginia virginia government to agree on what to do with so it is wild i think Ted Leonsis and Leonsis family are selling really hard to the fans of why this is a good idea, but it's wild that still like this is, this whole project is years away from if, if it ever were to happen years away from, from, uh, from actually coming to fruition. But like even the city of, of DC is putting uh, posts out there on X and saying like, no, you're in a contract with having the Capitals and the Wizards play in dc until x year i think it was like 2035 or something like that and monumental's like well actually if you look at the contract so like they're doing all of this in the public as well which i think is very yeah it's poor taste. super super awkward where you're just kind of like i don't like how this looks but i i mean it's very awkward and i know it i've listened to local sports um sports talk radio and like the junkies and stuff have been talking about this a little bit and how I think Mayor Bowser's big thing was like, I'm going to get the commanders back into D.C. And to an extent, she kind of ignored what Leonsis wanted to get. And I think if he'd gotten a little bit more attention his way, I think this never would have happened. And it sounded like one thing I was, I, I was listening to, they were saying is like, it seemed like there was a possibility of a plan being made to not, I don't know if they're going to stay at Capital One, or if they're going to build a new arena somewhere else, or in that sort of same area, or somewhere in the city. Um, but there were some conversations about that, but it didn't get far enough. And then there was this plan with Virginia and and Leonsis and Monumental were like, well, we're going to go with that because that's a better plan. And like on paper, 
I'm like, yeah, this looks awesome. First of all, can we back up real quick a step? No arena, no stadium, nothing ever looks like when you see those first pictures. Like, go back to when DC United's Audi Field was built. That thing looked awesome at first. And they're like, oh, it's going to cost that much? Never mind. When they built yeah, Nats Park, they're like, it's going to be great. You're going to have views of the Capitol. Oh, it costs that much to build underground parking garages? Never mind. Out of left field, you're going to be able to see a parking garage. It's going to be great, guys. Like, no. It, oh. So, like, it never looks like how you think it's going to look. But it still looked pretty awesome. I was like, this is going to be great. It's going to look cool. Here's the reality. It may not happen. Or some vari- variation of it may happen, but it's not going to be what we thought. I I still think there's a decent chance it happens in Virginia. They're going to have to fix some of the stuff. Monumental may have to give put up more money at the beginning. I think it's going to screw over the taxpayers in Virginia no matter what happens, at least in the immediate future. So who knows what's to come of this. But I would love for this whole thing to implode and he has to stay in the city, whether that's a capital one. I think the Caps and, and Wizards and whatever, like, they're probably due for a new arena in terms of because they've fallen behind in terms of comparisons to their the other teams in their respective leagues. I think I can understand that Leonzis is not happy about the fact that, I don't know, the rent or whatever to for the the stadium in dc is higher than what his other owners are paying and i don't think he loves a lot of the crime that's been happening in the area and how it sounds like the police department used to have you know maybe it was like 10 to 20 police officers that would be down there during games and it's dropped to like five or three or something like that and so i can completely understand why he wants to make this deal for monumental it makes a lot of sense it just may not for anyone else and that's where sound you know that's where it becomes a problem for a lot of fans like take the whole screwing over the fans in virginia uh, virginia uh, the screw over the fans in dc and maryland in terms of just the commute to get to games the amount of money that's getting taken away from schools and from roads and, and, and infrastructure in Virginia and all the other things that are more important than building a stadium that in theory, they don't actually need. That's a bigger deal right now. Like I'm very much of the mind that these guys have decided they want to make enough money to buy a team, build your own damn stadium, build your own arena. No one else should be paying for this nonsense. So if it falls apart, yeah, it sucks. You know, what? it's going to be even more awkward when he has to crawl back to DC and be like, so about the stadium at uh, F3, we need to fix it up a little bit. You guys want to let work with us on this? You want to give us some land over here so we can build our uh, campus? There's a reason like, why they're rich and we're not. Awkward. And especially if the commanders have already kind of worked out so a deal difficult so they can to go to back get done. To uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he did. He, he did build his own arena. It's it's uh, the, the, the Washington Sports and Entertainment center or whatever oh, he's it's got called. enough I money mean, man to build his I've been own to shows at, at that arena too like dc is has a lot of arenas a lot of open area where you can play games it's crazy anything else we should cover here in caps world So we talked before, last thing, we talked before about when we thought Ovechkin was going to break the record. 
And then at one point, it looked really much like it might not happen. Oh, let me look. look I, I think someone has a gold tracker. I don't on think he's, he's 50. Can... What was the number? He's away 57, 59, something like that away. 58. He's in high 50s. So my guess, obviously, it's not going to be this season. I don't think that was ever going to be the case. Highly unlikely it's next season. So at the beginning of the 25-26 season, I'd say is probably a fair estimate. I do like how there's been talk about he's, he's going to retire. He said he's going to retire after his contract. If he's five or ten away, and his next and this contract is up, I have to imagine right? he's going to sign a one-year deal season. to come back and break that thing. Mm -hmm. So let's say how many games they got left. Where are they at? Where's 57. They? So it'll be at 47. So let's say he scores 10 more for 26 total in the season. Yes. He'll be, what'd you say? How many away? 56? And he's he's come out and said away. that after his he's contract. He's not highly unlikely he gets 47 done, next he's season. Retired. Let's say he gets 30 he's next season. He's 17 away. He could totally I don't do think that's true. 25, 26. Uh, if he doesn't beat the, I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, that's what I was well. That would be his last season. If twenty five twenty six is the last year of this contract, if he can do it that season, I would be shocked if he retired from the NHL. I don't think he's actually done playing hockey. I don't think he's Yager where he's going to play until he's like ninety five. But I, I do think. Yeah, that's what I was about well, to say. If he breaks he's, it, he's I would not play be for shocked. Dynamo Moscow. If at he least for a retired year retired from the after NHL, his, his NHL after his deal is done. One hundred percent, he's going to do that. I would be surprised if he goes now, back to Russia. If and plays he is close to the Gretzky, uh, Gretzky goal, and he doesn't do it at the end of his contract, I can see him signing like a one-year deal with the Caps just to get ten more goals or something like that. Like, there's zero doubt in my mind he is beating that record. But can he do it by the end of his contract? Uh, I think he can. But if he doesn't, I think he's he's not going anywhere until he beats that goal. <laughs> I agree. I think he signs a one-year deal to break the record. So. I, and he, I he was cooking against the devil. Probably I mean, not we next got year. chicken McNuggets and we got Papa John's off of the, uh, the uh, Ovi goals. <laughs> I mean, if he can get 12, you know, get to 30 goals on the year. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's doable. Next season is doable. Highly unlikely. I'd say 10% chance. But it, a lot of that depends, obviously, on how the rest of the season goes. And he's gelling with Strom, and if that continues moving Obi forward, is, uh, then is a fun guy to watch, and I'm glad he's got he a real was able to find his game again. It and uh, it's been you know, it's been a good time uh, having Ovechkin back to being Ovi again. So this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we uh, I think we're done here talking about the Caps. We're going to leave Caps World, and we're going to go down on the farm. But before we do that, here is a quick word from some of our sponsors. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Going down on the farm, we are talking Hershey Bears and South Carolina Stingrays. Coach Dan, what's going on down on the farm? Well, let's start in Hershey, where the Bears went 2-0 with wins over Toronto and Belleville. They're currently first in the Atlantic Division and the entirety that is the AHL with 80 points. 15 up on second place Providence in the division and 11 up on Milwaukee in the league. Though the Bears have played five more games than the Milwaukee Admirals. So if Milwaukee wins their games in hand, the Bears are actually, this is again for the league, not the division. It's only one point up on them. So as great as the Bears are doing, sounds like the Milwaukee Admirals are also a very good team in the AHL. In other Bears news, defenseman Dylan McElrath was suspended for two games by the AHL on Tuesday. This is after Joe Snively was checked into the boards. McElrath fought Senators forward Brennan Solner. Uh, McElrath was given a five-minute major for fighting and an aggressor misconduct. So he's going to get to sit out for two games. Now, the Bears are about to drop the puck tonight in Laval, where I believe I just saw that they are starting with Miroslavchenko, Huntington, and Vecchione um, as their starting forwards. I don't know who these defensemen are. Prisky, oh, Chase Prisky, and Massey? I could go to a Bears game. I don't recognize a lot of these names. And your boy Hunter Shepard starting in goal. Uh, they then will be welcoming Wilkes-Barre Scranton Baby Pens on Friday at the Giants Center. They then host Rochester on Saturday. Down in South Carolina, the Stingrays went 3-1 with wins over Greenville, Florida, and Atlanta. The Rays are currently third in the South Division with 65 points, one back of second-place Jacksonville, and five back of first-place Greenville. Now, they'll be back at it close to us, actually, for back-to-back road games starting on Friday in Norfolk. I am not going four hours down to Norfolk to go see the South Carolina Stingrays, as much as I would like to. Like three, I'm not three. going that. That's yeah, that's crazy. But you know, we were just talking about this. Uh, today's game, which we're recording on Wednesday, was a 10:30 a.m. start for the South Carolina Stingrays because it was like Education Day. Could yeah. you imagine one of your school field trips being to a hockey game? Like, I have to think be that's got to be, the, be the coolest field trip. But I also wonder if the teams are told like, "Hey, watch the language and don't get in any fights." When you're mad at that guy, just you know, yeah. make an angry face, you know, and then Joe you Pesci know what? You talk, <laughs> you talk about it. You talk about it. 
Okay, you tell him why you're upset and you apologize. And that's and how you shake hands. <laughs> and then when you play each other next, you you know punch or whatever, <laughs> or do whatever it is you gotta do. In collegiate news, Caps 2023 first round pick Ryan Leonard scored his first career NCAA hat trick this past Sunday in Boston College, a six to four win over UMass. Now, with this hat trick, Leonard has scored five goals in two games, as well as extended his goal scoring streak to four games, as well as his point streak to a season high 13 games. He's tied for fourth in the entire NCAA at 21 goals on the season. The Caps may have found a very good player in last year's draft. Uh, so, like, can he just be a capital now? Like, I this don't guy know how is that works. Like, in in the in in the collegiate ranks, like, can he can if the t- team makes the playoffs, can he just come be a black ace or something for this team? Because dude is a gold medalist with the World Juniors. He's lighting it up in the NCAA. I, I mean, I have to imagine. Boston College is making the Frozen Four, so uh, or, or like that's what their March Madness uh, tournament's called, right? Well, I the Frozen think, Four. I, I think I read earlier today like fourth in their division, maybe. I may have looked at the wrong thing, but his season, I think, before any of that, I think it ends in beginning of April, end of March, something like that. So, I I don't know the rules in terms of if he's allowed to come up. I'm sure if his season's over. I mean, I'm sure he has classes or something, but, you know, skating with the Caps is not necessarily out of the question and it would be a good experience for him. I don't know what the rules are in terms of him potentially going to Hershey and playing for them, but, you know, it seems like the Caps may have a very good player in the near future to join them. But that's what's going on down on the farm. I'm going to look up if I can get a Ryan Leonard Boston College t-shirt. See what we can do here. Although I do have a friend that works for BU, so I don't know if I'm allowed to wear those colors. But anyway, <laughs> that is <laughs> that's it for uh, down on the farm. Go Bears, go Stingrays, and what's the Boston College? Uh, isn't it? Is it an Eagle? Are they Eagles? I know BU is Terriers. I think they're Eagles. They're Eagles. Go Eagles. Go Terriers. I'm still gonna say it because BU's you know my other team. But anyway. Uh, that's it for down on the farm. We're going to go around the NHL and beyond. But before we do that, here's a quick word from some of our sponsors. NHL and beyond. There's a lot to talk about. The NHL was very busy this past weekend. Coach Dan, before you get into any of your headlines, I have to ask you, did you watch any of the stadium series this past weekend? Uh, No, I have two small children at home. (laughs) All right. My TV is taken up by Bluey and PJ Mask. Well, your kids should be watching PBS Kids is what they should be watching. It's fun and educational. I did actually keep my son up later than he should have been last night watching the uh, third period of the Caps Devils game. Oh, there you go. Well, I mean, all right. He, at one on. point, <laughs> at one point, he's like, "Who are we rooting for?" And I was like, "The Caps." And he's like, "No, I know, but like, which color are they?" Because he still gets the home and away thing, and like third jerseys completely confuses him because he's like rooting for the red guys, and there's no one wearing red. And he's like, "What?" 
So then at one point, I'm like, yeah, rooting for the guys in blue. And he goes, I'm rooting for those guys. And he points at the ref, and I'm like, you're the only one, buddy. Yeah, yeah, no one likes them. But uh, I, I saw like I, I saw a little bit of the, the stadium series games and uh, very fun, as always, very entertaining. The Islanders game was, you know, came down to OT and, and crazy goals and that kind of stuff. But I saw on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, somebody had this idea that they should do the stadium series in at MetLife Stadium every year and kind of have a beanpot tournament. You know, instead of doing like the all-star game or whatever, you have the Rangers, the Islanders, the Devils, and I think it was the Flyers. They were also involved, I believe. Having those four teams kind of like doing some of their their games against each other, but have it be sort of in a Boston Beanpot-esque uh, uh, format. And I was thinking about it, and I'm like, you know, that's brilliant. Make this a, a, an every year thing. MetLife Stadium isn't gonna isn't being used. It's not used in January anyway for the two teams that play there for the NFL. But uh, you know, you know, do something like that. It, it's outdoor. It's fun. Doing a bean pot in the at the NHL level that could be a blast, and it could, you know, that could be a, something to get people excited about hockey every single every single year because you know what it's going to be like, rivalries, that kind of stuff. I love that idea. See, I wonder if the NHL, like the complaints against Marvel right now, where they've oversaturated the market, has the NHL oversaturated the market on outdoor games where it's just not a novelty? It's not as exciting anymore when you're like, well, I can watch one of like nine that are happening this week. That is true. That is true. I, I, I understand where you're coming from there. Uh, yeah, I can agree with that. But if you make it into like the bean pot and it's a spectacle each year, like winter classic and that, and those are your outdoor games. I think that's, I, I like that idea a lot. I certainly think it's an interesting idea. I think the problem is that other teams are going to be like, what about us? So I, I don't know. It's interesting. I think they do need to kind of mix up this stadium series thing. Cause they've definitely oversaturated the market just a little bit too much. Uh, beginning into some NHL news, Detroit signed winger Michael Rasmussen to a four-year $12.8 million extension. Cap hit comes to 3.4. Vancouver's Niels Hoglander was fined almost three grand for high-sticking Detroit's Jake Wallman. And St. Louis's Jordan Binnington was fined five grand for high-sticking Nashville's Luke Evangelista. The NHL announced this past Saturday that the Columbus Blue Jackets will host the Detroit Red Wings in the 2025 Stadium Series at Ohio Stadium on March 1st, 2025. Ohio Stadium is currently the third largest on-campus college football stadium in the U.S. behind Michigan Stadium and Beaver Stadium at Penn State. This will be the Blue Jackets' first outdoor appearance and Detroit's fifth. I get it that the Red Wings are a well-known NHL team, but way to spread the wealth, NHL. I, I'm just thinking, like, the Detroit Red Wings have played uh, in some really big outdoor games in the past. To have them play at the Ohio State, that's going to be huge. I mean, that the, 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 again, like, third biggest stadium uh, in the U.S., and, and they've already played in, in the biggest outdoor hockey game in the U.S. against Toronto a couple years ago. I mean, that's that's going to be a great game. And like you said, you know, we're getting tired of the outdoor games or whatever. This, again, will be another spectacle to see because that, that arena, that's going to be like 100,000 people. I mean, it's going to be a big one. It, it's, it's, 
I still think the ba- uh, baseball stadiums make more sense. All the seats are in- towards home plate, which is typically like the or the infield, which is where they usually are putting. Do I have that wrong? Do they put it like it, when they're at Nats Park? Was it, it was the infield was where the rink was, right? Not the outfield. I was not there, so I don't know. <laughs> I, wasn't there. I think it was the infield. The Anyways, was yeah. No, it'll be a cool game. Uh, but it'll be nice to see other parts of the, the league get some opportunities to play at Columbus getting their first opportunity um, in 2025. The league also announced that the 2026 NHL All-Star Game will be at UBS Arena on Long Island, home of the Islanders. And it will be a quote-unquote launch party for the Winter Olympics in Italy. When do we get an All-Star Game in D.C.? When we get a new uh, arena, that's when. <laughs> So we won't get one in D.C. We'll get one in Northern Virginia. Awesome. Yeah. In PWHL news, the battle on Bay Street, which featured Toronto against Montreal, attracted a sold-out crowd of 19,285 to Scotiabank Arena and became the best-attended women's hockey game in history. And this is the fourth time the PWHL has set an attendance record in its inaugural season, and each game has involved Montreal, interestingly enough. That's the news from the past week in the NHL. Well, Coach Dan, is that the show for this week? I think that's it, man. I've been kind of tracking Twitter as I normally do during the show because they love to break stuff while we're recording or right after. I haven't seen anything too crazy except it looks like we have a penalty shot coming up for the Bears. Mike Vecchione? Vecchione? Vechone. Uh, he's got a penalty shot coming up. And uh, as we're wrapping up, I'll let you know if he scores it, even though as you're listening to this, you already know what's going to happen. <laughs> well, if you would like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. You can follow us both over on X. You can follow me at Brando Cash. Coach Dan, where can people follow you at? You can find me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan. Talking about the Caps, talking Arsenal Football Club and a uh, unfortunate loss to Porto in the first leg of their Champions League. Oh matchup. come on! What? I'm so sad about Arsenal. Shut up! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he got stopped on the penalty shot. That's too no. Bad. Yeah. Anyways, on there talking about um, other sports. Uh, the Bills, Commanders, very curious to see what's going to happen with the second pick in the draft. Commanders are going to trade up, which I hope they do not do, and because they have too many other holes to fill to be able to just give away draft picks. Uh, but that's fine to be on Twitter, at WTP Coach Dan. But hey, if you have enjoyed this show, go ahead and check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash whatthefuckpod. It's where we post when new shows are coming out, as well as all sorts of things related to the Washington Capitals, the Hershey Bears, South Carolina Stingrays, the Hershey Cups. Go ahead and follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash whatthepuckpod. But Brandon, if someone happens to be a fan of a certain purple-clad team based out of Baltimore, is there a certain podcast they should follow? Well, you can listen to my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. Whenever uh, news likes to break, we will be there to cover it. We are currently in our off season at the moment, so I am completely focused on What the Puck. But uh, make sure you subscribe to What the Puck and The Call wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Now, um, check us out. We are on uh, we are on Apple Music and we are on Spotify. Make sure you write us an Apple Podcast review. Make sure you rate us over on Spotify. And then be social with the show. Let everybody know. Say, I'm a Washington Capitals fan. I listen to What the Puck, and you should too. So let's go over the games until we talk again. Four games until we talk again. A lot of hockey this week. On Thursday, February 22nd, the Capitals are up against the Tampa Bay Lightning in Tampa Bay. That game is at 7 o'clock, and you can watch that one on ESPN. On Saturday, February 24th, the Capitals are up against the Florida Panthers. That game is at 6 o'clock. You can watch that one on Monumental Sports Network. And on Monday, February 26th, the Capitals are back home in D.C. up against the Ottawa Senators. That game's at 7 o'clock, and you can watch that one locally on the Monumental Sports Network. And on Tuesday, February 27th, the Capitals go to Detroit to the Motor City up against the Red Wings. That game's at 7 o'clock, and you can watch that one on Monumental Sports Network 2. So, Coach Dan... We got a back-to-back, 26th and 27th, Ottawa and the Red Wings. Which goalie are you playing for which game? Well, I think we've seen that Lindgren's their number one, so it's going to be Kemper against at home against Ottawa and Lindgren on the road against Detroit. I'm going to say Lindgren for both games. So possibility. I'd be a little surprised because you'd want to get Kemper in there because you don't want him to be – you know, cold if there's knock on wood an injury situation. Um, so I, you know, but I, I could see that happening as well. Let's have Darcy play against the Florida Panthers. No, that, you need that one badly. No, not Florida. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tampa's the one you need really bad. I mean, but Tampa, if you can go over the next four games, if they can win three of those, they're in a good spot. They're in a good spot. All right. Well, that is it for what's going on in uh, all around for what the puck. So everybody, say it loud, say it proud. Let's go, Caps. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.